The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find you were four Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're going to be discussing SEO strategies in a changing macro environment from the perspective of a Fortune 500 SEO. Joining me is Jason Reed, an SEO and location management specialist at Quest Diagnostics. Quest delivers from the world's largest database of clinical lab results. Quest Diagnostics insights reveal new avenues to identify and treat diseases, inspire healthy behaviors, and improve healthcare management. Quest annually serves one in three adult Americans and half of the physicians and hospitals in the United States. Thank you to Jason Reed, SEO and Location Management Specialist at Quest Diagnostic, for joining us. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Today is part two interview. Yesterday, we published the unique challenges facing Fortune 500 SEOs. And today, we're diving into recession SEO, how to thrive in budget cuts. Okay, welcome Jason to the Voice of Search podcast. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Looking forward to diving in today. Obviously, you know, this topic of recession SEO is a really important one, or just even really how to better navigate through the complexities that are happening, predominantly for enterprise SEOs, right? 
And I think that this is a, a great segue from what we talked about yesterday around unique challenges. But the beauty of this topic is that it gets really practical, right? We, we dive into specific scenarios in terms of what is actually going on when a big company, a big complex organization is making decisions to either cut resources, budgets, maybe even investments. And I'd love to just get your initial kind of take on what you've seen, what you've experienced around kind of these budget cuts or changes happening to SEOs. Yeah. Anyone that pays attention to the news has seen the headlines, right? Amazon, Google, Microsoft, even companies like IBM. Tons of layoffs happening all across the country, all across the world. Tons of reductions in force, reductions in budgets. I think this episode is going to have some really good concrete plans for folks that are experiencing some of those challenges or maybe experiencing some of those challenges in the future and how we can navigate that as SEOs and really cement our value within the organization and with our peers. No doubt. And I think one of the interesting things that happens when these changes occur and, and we're going through one of these periods, right? And I, it's, I mean, for me, I've, I've been in the space for a long time, right? I, I got to experience a, a massive technology change back in 2008. I've seen how the supposed Great Recession has impacted not only our industry, but technology companies at large. But one of the things I'd like to get your perspective on is when budgets shrink, when these changes occur, what actually happens to SEO? What happens to this vital channel in these organizations? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of corporate jargon, right? But everyone winds up picking up a little bit of slack, right? And <laughs> Inevitably, when dollars get taken away from people, they tend to have more of an interest in SEO. People are looking at what they can do for low or no cost to, you know, get people to their pages. And obviously, SEO is going to be one of the most easily accessible and one of the most valuable things for those folks. So really, what we see is just a big increase in request volume. And so it's important to, when you're going into a period like this, think about managing expectations and really just kind of having all of your processes in place to be able to handle an increase in volume of requests. No doubt. Let's stick on this theme of like, you know, an increased level of focus on SEO, because I, I agree with you. I think when, when budgets get tight, when either digital marketing or product growth teams are starting to realize that there's going to be some sort of constraint in terms of either the number of resources that they have or the amount of spend that they can invest across digital channels, the focus, the lens really kind of lasers in on, on SEO. One of the things I'd love to hear your experience in this is where and how do you best manage those expectations? Because we as SEOs, we often have this tendency of saying, well, SEO takes time right? Which it in invariably does, right? It invariably takes some time, whether it's getting the right resources aligned, getting the right changes done, getting content moving, whatever it is, it takes time. But how do you map that with this change in resourcing that an organization is going through? So I think the most important thing, and, and this is something that I was fortunate to come into a pretty mature team with pretty mature management that understands the, the value of SEO, as well as has a deep understanding of our organization and of enterprises in general. So we were kind of a little bit 
ahead of the curve, I would say, in, in terms of preparation for an increase in SEO requests. The biggest thing for us is having a published process that folks can go and look at. And it wasn't published last week. This has been a process that's been set in stone for some time, right? So we detail our prioritization process. We let folks know that, you know, hey, for us specifically, the SEO team is one person. And so because of that, we have to be laser focused on prioritization. What are the big things that's going to move the company forward? And really everything other than that, it has to get put on the back burner. It's an unfortunate message to have to deliver sometimes, but it is one that's easily digested typically by folks. So that's the big thing. The other part is that from an internal perspective, you really have to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed in terms of your process, right? What does your workflow management look like, right? Do you have a task manager? If you're, you know, maybe a team even larger than mine, do you have a project manager that that's helping keep everyone on track with their deliverables? But for me personally, and Quest specifically, it's having a published process that folks can go look at, understand, and then inevitably accept that the fact that we are limited resources with limited hours in the day and in the week, and there's only so much that we can get done in a certain period of time. Now, what you said about as SEOs, we tend to say things take time, right? Obviously, that's spot on. It is true. And it also sucks for people to hear that, right? Like, I can't really help you with changes next month, but I can in three to six months, right? When you're new in a role, that's just one of the unique challenges about being an SEO. Every role has its unique challenges. Probably our biggest unique challenge is the time it takes to demonstrate benefit. What I would advise folks to do is that when you do start piling up those wins, put together case studies. You know, most people are going to have some sort of internal SharePoint site or something like that that you can publish these to. Build up case studies that you can share with people and show them like, hey, I know it's tough. We're not going to have your page ranking in the first position next week. We're probably not going to have it ranking in the first position next month. But take a look at this case study for a page or a group of pages similar to yours and see what we were historically able to accomplish if you follow XYZ steps that'll be laid out in some sort of SEO plan. For me, that's that's the best way that I've found to do it. But you know, for anyone that has a, a better plan, I am all ears because that's one of the hardest conversations to have with folks, especially with folks that outrank you, right? Executives or, or senior management. Sure. The layers in a big company make it somewhat complex there. I mean, one thing you said really early in your response that stood out to me as we go through this journey of managing budgets and in a changing climate is value, right? And I think that's where it gets really tricky with organizations that are moving into some sort of a crisis mode, right? Whether the crisis be because of macroeconomics, whether the crisis be because of the core business being in, in some sort of trouble. The reality is that in crisis, if value behind SEO isn't really clearly defined, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. Right. Because executives are going to come and they're going to be like, oh, this is a cheap lever. Let's just keep pulling this dial. This should just happen overnight, just like paid search. And it doesn't. It just, it isn't how the work around SEO is both measured and also ultimately 
collected in terms of value for the organization. I'd love to hear if you have any real examples here of how you've managed the value conversation at Quest or at other companies you've worked at and what really helped you break through with an organization that oftentimes doesn't have a ton of connection points or conversations about SEO in advance of that moment of crisis? Sure. Personally, I do feel quite lucky to be an SEO at a company whose website is content-based. I think that makes the job of explaining the value of SEO a little bit easier. You know, if you go to the, the Quest Diagnostics site, we're not really selling you anything, right? We're, we're providing information about testing, about different options for, you know, working with, with businesses, hospitals, and health systems. But at the end of the day, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're trying to educate customers or potential customers. And so because of that, the value of SEO is kind of organically boosted a little bit, at least from my perspective. But in terms of like concrete strategies, one thing that I love to do is just take people into our analytics and show them how much of our traffic really is organic. I think when people think of, of marketing and, and specifically digital marketing, everyone thinks of Google ads. They think of paid marketing in general, right? Which obviously is a critical piece of the business. But when you can take someone into you know, Google Analytics or whatever your analytics platform is and show them that, hey, you know, a huge amount, sometimes over half of your traffic is going to be from organic search. You will see the eyes widen a little bit and people start to internalize how important this channel really is. If you're starting an SEO team or you're the first kind of organic marketing hire at a company, the way to look at that is, hey, we have a huge volume of traffic coming from this organic channel and we've done nothing to optimize it yet. Think about what we could do with a tailored approach to SEO and just kind of prove out that value that way. For me, that's always been a great way to get higher level, macro-focused senior leadership on board. And then after that, if you're a little bit more established at a company, I'll then like to show some sort of before and after case study like we spoke about before. You know, XYZ cancer testing page used to do this amount of traffic and then we put this seo plan into place and, and look how well it's performing now it's it's ranking better we're getting more traffic to this page for me it's it really the the proof is in the pudding that's kind of a, as simple as it gets we have a, a huge amount of traffic coming from organic and here's an example of how we've improved a, a page or a subset of pages Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive 
by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. There's a couple of things that are really interesting in there in the value positioning of SEO, right? The first thing is for a lot of these companies, especially enterprises, there's a huge reliance on SEO, but until crisis comes, does the magnifying glass or the spotlight really come on it, right? Sequencing that to the process or utility of prioritization to ensure that you're focused on the right things to create value and then ultimately drive that value through knowledge and learning, right? And that's what these case studies that you're talking about ultimately do, right? The case studies aren't there to help executives feel more reassured in terms of what you're doing. That helps, yeah, but it's really there to inform them, to educate them on what this entire journey looks like. And I think that's what is missing often in enterprise organizations when crisis comes, right, is, is what's the pragmatic outcome that can actually be yielded from, from an investment or from a focus in SEO. I'd love to hear, you, you mentioned some of the case studies, a, a case study that you, you did earlier with Quest, but what are some of the techniques or tactics that you use in case studies to help inform and educate these stakeholders, these partner teams, where do you think that the, the line is drawn, right? Like, can you push these too far? Does it become not as useful when you, when you do certain things with case studies? Well, I'm glad you followed up that question because I forgot one key piece that I was going to want to go back to. They include timelines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> when you're looking at the SEO value that you've brought to a page or a group of pages, I always love to make the dates, the timeline at the bottom of that chart very noticeable. That's a huge piece for me. In terms of tactics, I like to keep it extremely simple. I like to use as little jargon as possible. I don't talk to people about SERPs. I try not to talk to people about algorithms or or metadata too much. I I try to meet them where they are and, and specifically where their vocabulary is. I don't like them to be larger than a page, right? So I like to start with my graph of where we were, where we are now, how that looks. And then I like to list out usually maybe two to five tactics that we used at a content site like Quest. It's typically metadata improvements, just cleaning up any issues that we have with images, missing attributes, not being labeled correctly, links, things like that. Some of the nitty gritty technical components of the page. And then, you know, eight or nine times out of 10, it's going to be bolstering content, right? This content is not complete enough to rank well. This is what we discovered looking at competitive analysis, right? And and for us, there's obviously one big blue lab company whose name I forget uh, <laughs> that we'll go look at and, and see if they're doing better than we are for a specific topic. And then at the bottom, in a little bit of detail, explain why we chose these tactics and, you know, kind of how they pertain to SEO, why we thought they were important. So it is, it's a very simple 
formula, I guess you'd say. Now, in terms of like, can these be overused? I think definitely, right? It's hard to keep people's attention when you show them the same thing over and over again, right? So yeah, I mean, short answer to a short question. Yes, they can be overused. Use them sparingly when you really need to get a point across. Yeah, 100%. I think that the utility in case studies is super critical. The timing is super critical. All really valuable insights to, to our listeners. And I think that, you know, the shorter, the more succinct you can create these, the more likely you are to have a stronger resonance on value, prioritization, and then thus getting to the outcome of how do we make SEO move forward in a moment of crisis or budget change. Last question for you here, Jason. What happens when things aren't going well? What happens when the tactic you tried failed or the investment you defined isn't yielding the same results or that pesky competitor just leapfrogged you in something? What do you do in those situations and how do you best manage that when the organization is already going through some sort of turmoil or transition? Yeah, frankly, you you try to win more than you lose, right? That's really all there is to it. No one does great work 100% of the time. I don't think I don't think any bosses expect that, or at least I'm fortunate that I work for a company where that's understood. You know, I keep track of my work, keep detailed notes. You should always be able to talk about other wins, right? And you should be able to very easily pull up a, a couple of notes and and talk about that. It sucks when things don't go well, right? And so in that situation, it's really, you got to go back to square one. You got to look at the landscape, right? And ask yourself and your peers, is this a realistic goal? Or did we maybe shoot a little bit too high, right? Like if we're currently ranking in the 10 to 15 spot, like, is, is it a feasible goal to be in the top three in two to three months on a very competitive SERP that, that just might not be the case, right? You might need to develop more content, deeper content. You might have to extend outside of just like HTML web content, right? We, you know, we host webinars at Quest, right? So this topic might warrant a webinar with an MD who's an expert in that field. And that might be what what puts us over the top. But short answer is you you just got to win more than you lose. I think if you do that, generally, you'll be okay. Yeah, hate the baseball analogies, especially since a big group of our uh, listeners are from Europe. But you know, you got to put up a good batting average on this on, on your work. And, and I agree, I think that one of the great skills that truly phenomenal SEOs are good at is not only acknowledging when things didn't work, because you have to do that. But it is, it is recognizing that there are other places to win and the journey still continues in terms of unpacking your content strategy and how it can scale, unpacking your technical SEO roadmap and what you can drive on. It's never in like a still frame. You're always kind of evolving and moving along with your SEO strategy. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voice Search Podcast. Thank you to Jason Reed, SEO and Location Management Specialist at Quest Diagnostic for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Jason, you can find his link to a LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website, questdiagnostics.com.
Okay, thanks to Jordan Cooney, the founder of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney, that's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. Music.